Welcome back to another episode of Water Flying. We have a special episode today as we decompress from EAA Air Venture 2021. We'd like to take time today to appreciate our amazing volunteers, share some numbers from Air Venture, and tell you more about how you can get involved in the association. Stay tuned. You're listening to Water Flying, a weekly podcast to bring you all things seaplanes. I'm Steve McCoy, the Executive Director of the Seaplane Pilots Association. And I'm Abby Kellett, Assistant to the Executive Director at the Seaplane Pilots Association, and I'm also a flight instructor in seaplanes. The Seaplane Pilots Association is committed to protecting and promoting water flying. We achieve this by working to maintain and expand waterway access. We promote seaplane safety, create educational programs, produce the only full-color glossy magazine dedicated to the seaplane community, and we create exciting seaplane events. We want to continue to improve this podcast, and we encourage your feedback. Feel free to reach out to us if there is anything you would like to hear in future episodes. So thanks for listening. Let's jump right in. Well, welcome back to Water Flying. As we continue to recover from a very busy air venture, uh, we'd like to uh, give our listeners a debrief on a little bit about what we experienced at Air Venture 2021 and give a huge shout out to the most important people at the show for the Seaplane Pilots Association and for all the attendees. And that is the volunteers that make it possible. So I'd, I'd really love to give a huge thank you to each one of our volunteers. They volunteered at the main booth in Hangar C at the main show on Whitman Field and at the seaplane base where we had a tent set up. So we had quite a few volunteers. They really put in some hard work. They put in good hours on your feet. I mean, and do it with a smile. And they did it with a smile. And they were selling and they just, they, they just brought such good attitude and energy to wherever they were working, whether it was a tent or the main show. So I'd like to call them out each by name. Peter, Kelly, Ben, Tammy, Greg, Landon, Frederick, Dennis, Rob, Sarah, Jennifer, Steve, Terry, Mike, Rick, David, and Sharon. So thank you all so much, really. I mean, it, it just wouldn't have been possible without you. And from the executive director... Thank you, because, again, uh, there's nothing that means as much to us as our volunteer corps. Um, this was a great corps. We need even more volunteers when we do things like the corn roast, which is the first year I can remember ever SPA not doing it. We could not do it because of COVID. But these guys really are the heavy lifters of the show. We could not do it without these volunteers so to all of you that were on the team that spent the week with us or a day with us helping thank you so much and i know that you know sun and fun it was it was quite successful considering you know the obstacles of covid and everything but we had such a good team together for sun and fun they really yes they really made some strides i mean just fantastic and so i think we we did the same thing here and so i'm pretty i'm pretty proud I'm proud of all of them. The volunteers, they ranged from field directors, our field directors, scholarship chairs, commercial seaplane pilots, 
veteran and new volunteers. So we had just a whole range of people. Yeah, even a board member. Even a board yeah, member. We're trying to get more of those at the shows as well. But they're typically working the show. Right, exactly. <laughs> but they were all enthusiastic about seaplanes, about our association. It was just, it was great to have everyone there. Yeah, so again, great group of people. Thank you all. Uh, it's an honor to work with you. We hope we can uh, wrangle you in for some more volunteerism and more events. It's always nice <laughs> to have the, to reassemble the family and uh, 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 just, you know, have a, an amazing week together. Meanwhile, they're blocking our numbers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't call me again. It was a lot of work. So uh, if uh, we haven't mentioned Mark Rassi in a while, and God forbid we let <laughs> too many episodes of Water Flying go by without mentioning our good friend and volunteer, Mark Rassi. But, you know, one of his favorite questions to ask while you're at the show is who puts on AirVenture? And so what everyone thinks is, well, EAA does. Yes, is that the right that's, answer, Steve? That's the most common, probably, answer that we get. Uh, but it's not true. Mark will tell you that it's not EAA. It's the volunteers. Over 5,000 volunteers putting in about 25,000 hours made AirVenture possible. Yes. So uh, we want to make sure that we give all of those volunteers, as we said, this is really a gratitude uh, episode of the podcast and uh, immense gratitude because without these 5,000 plus volunteers, uh, we could not uh, enjoy the air show no. that the 600,000 plus people that go to the show enjoy. Unbelievable. So before we get into those specific SPA numbers from AirVenture, we'd like to give you guys some data for the show overall. So like Steve said, over 600,000 attendees, 608,000 attendees pass through those doors coming into AirVenture. So that's just the third time attendance has surpassed 600,000. Absolutely unbelievable. And it is amazing, especially coming off of COVID, the enthusiasm of the crowd, the energy that the mm -hmm. crowd had, the engagement. I know my workshops uh, had great attendance and everyone from the workshop ended up back at the booth, it seemed like, right after the workshop, which they was did. great. And so of that 608,000 number, 40,000 attendees camped on site, occupying more than 12,000 combined campsites, including the aircraft and the drive-in visitors. And just to put that in perspective, the town I lived in in Northern California had 27,000 people in it. And that was a fairly, you know, good-sized town <laughs> yeah, in Northern California. Yeah, that's a way to put it in perspective, honestly. <laughs> and those were just campers. Good grief. So, um, and then I think we need to point out the fact that we had weather yes. on Wednesday. And so those people ca camping... That was a little nerve wracking. It was the people that had their airplanes there and we were at risk of hail. And I mean, they were, it could have been really bad. Luckily, it was just a pretty lightning storm. For um, for you at the seaplane base and right. for us, but it was a lot worse just west of where we were staying. Yeah. So for those of you that were not at AirVenture and did not experience the, the warnings and or the weather event, uh, Wednesday morning, they started issuing some pretty severe weather warnings for mm -hmm. what was going to occur early in the evening on Wednesday. And the predictions were very large hail and very high winds, damaging winds. Just we took shelter with our SPA support truck in a car wash that had a concrete uh, roof over it. We were looking at the local sheriff who had taken uh, shelter in a drive-thru at a bank. 
And uh, it was an amazing light show, uh, yes. even by th- those of us who are Florida natives and used to lightning. The uh, lightning capital of the world. I thought, it, I thought it was interesting because for like four hours, we just had one long, continuous rolling thunder. It, there wasn't like individual thunder. Uh, you know, we wouldn't hear thunder uh, rolling. It was continuous thunder for like four hours where we were. And uh, you, you were at the seaplane base, so I'm not sure what you got there. I just wanted to watch the beach, 18. I was just, I was so <laughs> worried about everything moored out. You know, the volunteers, they really... I mean, I saw everyone out there on, in boats making sure everyone was tied down as best they could be. And everyone was fine, but just watching the airplanes. And I mean, there's there's no defense against hail. No, there's I mean, not. Those fabric aircraft out there. just It was hard to watch, but everyone was fine. And yeah, like I said, it was just a light show. And it was literally like a strobe uh, where we were uh, about 20 miles north of the airport uh, for four hours. I I did some video of it, and it literally was just like a strobe in the sky. And we were talking about this earlier, but we were... We didn't know about this until after we looked up and noticed that where we took shelter, there were high-tension power lines going right overhead as well. Every time there was a lightning strike, we would hear a surge coming down the wires, and we had never heard the wires hum like that. Again, as a Florida native, the lightning capital of the world, I've never heard power lines surge every time lightning hit, and it was really kind of eerie a little unnerving so but again everyone made it through unscathed um as far as on the on the site on the field and at the seaplane base so very fortunate and it was also reminiscent of hurricanes in florida because we watched the rain uh start in going about 45 degrees in one direction then it went vertical uh, later in the storm, and then it went 45 degrees, 180 degrees in the opposite direction. So it was literally like the passing you of a, a hurricane. It was bizarre. So very fortunate. So getting back to some of the numbers. So the aircraft that we had on display totaled 3,176, wow. led by a record 1,420 vintage aircraft. That's a pretty incredible An number. Amazing number of vintage. If you wanted to see a vintage airplane, of it some, was there. <laughs> it was there. And usually in by squadrons. So there were 1,089 home builts on the grounds, which makes sense. EAA, 354 warbirds, 148 aerobatic aircraft, 112 seaplanes, 33 ultralights, and 27 rotorcraft. Quite a number. So more than 10,000 aircraft flew into Whitman Field at Oshkosh and their satellite overflow fields like Appleton and Fond du Lac. In the 10-day period from July 22nd to July 31st at Whitman Field alone, the FAA counted 16,378 aircraft operations associated with AirVenture. That's about 116 takeoffs or landings every hour that the airport was open. Yeah, just think about that. That's oh unbelievable. <laughs> like if if anyone has, you know, ever, you know, you're at your hangar drinking a beer at the end of the day and, you know, you're watching the evening traffic and everything. If you can just imagine that's 116 airplanes in an hour. An operation. And usually that's one way that's either departing or, you know, or arriving. And so that's an arrival every 30 seconds. And generally, you're not seeing departures at that time. So an arrival every 30 seconds. And then upon departure times, a departure every 30 seconds. Continuous. 
And that's with runway obstructions. There were some incidents that closed the runway and and other unfortunate uh, accidents. I know we saw a a Comanche that had a gear up. There was a steerman that ended up on its nose. Yeah. And that including those kind of shutdowns, they still were averaging an operation every 30 seconds. That was pretty terrible to see. I didn't like seeing those pictures. Don't ever like to see the aircraft get torn up coming to an event. So exhibitors totaled 747. Nice number. (laughs) Nice number. And there were a a thousand fifty five educational sessions and other meetings on site. EAA registered five hundred sixty seven media representatives from four continents. Abby got her continents. first media credential. I did. She I wore was the little lanyard. It was really <laughs> cute. It was fantastic. So the overall, I think this is really important too, considering you know what what economic impact we can bring into a community like this. So the overall economic input for Winnebago and the four surrounding counties, it's estimated to be $170 million. And that's great. And that's... In a week. uh, Yeah, in a week. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Abby's like, that's like Jeff Bezos money. Oh, that's not Jeff Bezos money. Well, for a week. That's Jeff Bezos pocket pocket change. (laughs) It's what spills out when he gets out of his rocket. So, but that's overwhelming. Just amazing. What, what we brought into that community. And it's great to see the general aviation, you know, community bringing not the non-flying uh, communities economic impact. And I know that everyone we talk to up there in Wisconsin really appreciates it. Uh, they always look forward to us coming into town and you can just see the businesses, you know, the smiles on people's faces when the air show uh, comes into town and um, I, I just enjoy as a pilot knowing that we're impacting these local communities like that. But you can see them all bracing for yes. us. I mean, <laughs> here comes all the, the servers and they're like, oh man, we're going to need beer. We know that. So I can't imagine what their, what their preparation looks like. Yeah. The amount of beer consumed probably, uh, in, in Wisconsin that week is also probably, a, I'd love to see that statistic. <laughs> We've given you so many numbers today. That'll be that next week's we podcast, yeah. how much beer was drunk. So that was the um, numbers as far as the air venture, the overall show. So going into the specific data for SPA. Yeah, so uh, SPA uh, had some record numbers this year as well, coming off of a, a, a year where we missed air venture last year. And uh, very, very happy to report both from a membership side, but also from the, the volunteer and staff side. We had over 300 people either renew or uh, join uh, the Seaplane Pilots Association at the show. And that's about a 25% increase over our previous record. Wow. Which is, um, that's awesome. (laughs) I can't even begin to tell you. Uh, That is really encouraging. We had kind of a novel approach as a a promotional uh, approach this year, which we did which was to uh, have a chance to win $2,000 either to do your seaplane rating or to do some advanced seaplane training or your multi-engine seaplane training if you were already a pilot. And I think that program really was well-received. It seemed like everyone that was working in the booth said that they felt we were bringing new members in that we might not have brought in otherwise. And uh, we'll try to continue that program and see if we can make the magic uh, work in the future, because ultimately that's our goal is to expand the community and to bring new people into the water flying community through events like this. So I was really happy with the success of that program. And just a huge shout out to Aeroset for that donation. They, they made the raffle possible with that generous donation. 
And so, you know, we want to see that people are continuing their seaplane education or else that they're just starting their seaplane education, getting their SES. And the fact that Aeroset supported that and they made the raffle a possibility. So thank you so much, everyone at Aeroset. Just incredibly generous. Um, it was very successful. Yeah, and uh, we also sold over a thousand of our uh, kind of cult following uh, seaplane shirts that the association produces. This year, we had a new shirt called Clipper Dreams, which is not on our website yet, but it'll be in the on the website as soon as we find someone to model the shirt on an airplane with floats on it. It premiered at uh, AirVenture, yes. so that was pretty cool. And I'd like to point out that I think our volunteers just looked really good modeling these shirts. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm not saying it's because of them, but I'm saying it's definitely because of them because they all looked really good wearing the shirts. <laughs> there you go. So. And it's amazing how much time we put into these shirts, and every year the pressure is on to design a new shirt um, and, and to match the sales of the previous year or the previous shirt. And we've done it, thankfully, year after year. I have an idea what we're going to do for next year. But it's they've these shirts really, again, have created kind of this cult following. And the importance of SPA or the Seaplane Pilots Association creating shirts that kind of exude the seaplane lifestyle and way of life is that a lot of people that buy them aren't rated seaplane pilots, but we might, you know, just push them over the edge because they're wearing this shirt on a on a regular basis. And when they wear the shirt, it causes conversations. I know I don't generally wear a shirt that's not a Seaplane Pilots Association shirt. Every time I go to the grocery store, it starts a conversation. You know, what's the last plane you flew? What are you flying? Where are you going? And that's the idea of these is, is just to, you know, give people a conversation starter and to keep seaplanes on the forefront of people's minds and it's hard not to have them on your mind when you're wearing a shirt that has a seaplane on it i gotta tell you though it was cool having the albatross owner walk up and say you got any shirts with an albatross on it yes sir we do yes the one that i'm wearing right now for this podcast so the seaplane pirate shirt and so that was pretty neat to be able to you know have a conversation with people and what are you flying and People are flying some cool stuff out there. They are. And we're always trying to add more uh, aircraft on our shirts for that haven't been represented on previous shirts. So, again, we have some ideas for next year, and it's always a challenge that we enjoy diving Definitely. into. So the raffle was a huge success. Again, thank you, Aeroset. And we also, on Thursday night, when we had our town hall meeting at the seaplane base, as opposed to the corn roast that we usually do. Yes. You know, adhering to EAA guidelines and everything as far as COVID. But we got to award some scholarships, and that was pretty fantastic. So we awarded a Tyler Orso Chuck Keim Seaplane Rating Memorial Scholarship, as well as the Lift Ladies in Flight Training Women Making a Splash Scholarship. So it was pretty cool getting to getting to see the the recipients yes and we had uh terry uh cam or hayes from uh california come in to do the award she's the chairman of our scholarship program for the uh tyler orzo chuck kimes memorial scholarship and uh we had kelly o'donnell from lyft as well so it was nice to have members of our partner you know our partners and our our committees present to make those awards and we tried to give everyone a little bit of time to all of our volunteers that help us whether it was Daryl Dilley from Colorado or Mark Rassi, we wanted everyone to have a little time to talk about the different projects our volunteers are working on at the town hall meeting. So for me, it was it was really nice to have so many of our volunteers that could share 
what they're doing and what their specific projects are and the progress that we've made on these. And uh, it was heartbreaking not to have the corn roast. Everyone wanted to do it. It was not possible. Uh, we There was just no way we could make it happen. We did do this smaller. I wish there would have been more people at the uh, town hall, but really we were kind of pushing the envelope of the guidelines EA had given us to do it. So. It was a chance to reach out to our members. So feel free, you know, we are still here to represent and communicate with you all if you want to reach out and we'd love to talk to you. Um, so congratulations to those scholarship recipients. It was really nice meeting meeting them and everything. And we had two of the founders, uh, Dave Quam. Yes, uh, who, who we celebrated his birthday. And Bob Murray, that was so nice. uh, which was nice. The first time we've had the two of them together in oh. the last decade, which was nice. I uh, didn't know that. Yes. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so it was nice to have two of the founders uh, with us as well at the show. And uh, there's a lot of other things we can go into But I think the most important thing is to let's talk about some of these volunteers. We've been giving the volunteers a lot of love uh, and and thanks as as they deserve. But, you know, we always need more. Absolutely. So there's a couple different ways that you can volunteer your time. You know, if you really want to commit to it, be, you know, like a Tom Hickson, be a Mark Rassi. (laughs) But then, you know, there are ways that you can make a difference, like a huge difference in this association. So number one. Everyone could be a volunteer sending in updates to the water landing directory app. Yeah. You don't have to be flying to do this no. at all. Do you we have a link near you? Do you have a link near you? Like the app is user updated. And the only way that we get that information is if our members collect it and they send that current information to us. So there's innumerable lakes and rivers and reservoirs and bays. There's, there's no way that our staff, the SBA staff could update that information. We have to have volunteers seeking that information and sending that in. And we've talked about this before. We do get updates from the state and federal government, but those are few and far between. There is no national database. Most states don't have a database of where seaplanes can operate or what the water conditions are. So we provide the vehicle to deliver this information to the community, but it is dependent on community interaction with it, uh, with us to do it. And we need your updates or we need you to add water. If you don't see it in the app, please send us information. It's very easy to do on the app. Uh, we can probably revisit how to do that. In the Actually, I have my phone right in front of my face there right you now. Go. So I was just going to walk everyone through. So I know we've talked about it before on previous episodes, but if you log into the water landing directory, let's say you want to add a body of water. So you have that whole list of search for bodies of water, search seaplane bases, search for fuel. So let's just click on search for body of water. So you have search by state, search near me, search by name, and all the way at the bottom, you're going to see add a new listing. You're going to click on that, and you can add a waterway, add a seaplane base, add a flight school, and add a destination. And there's a lot of different uh <laughs> fields that you can fill information out but it's important that you realize you don't have to fill out all of the fields you don't need all the information exactly what you need to do is just give us enough to start the process absolutely so we vet this information this information goes to mark rassi who is our chairman of the water landing directory and he's making a lot of money yeah a thousand dollars every time man (laughs) so but you know again the more information you give us the better but you don't have to have there's no barrier that you have to fill out it's not a test you don't have to fill out every one of these we just wanted to kind of capture as much information that 
if you had it, we wanted to be able to capture the information. And we need that information. We want this to be an, a useful tool for seaplane pilots. So help us make it a useful tool. It's one of the number one conversations we have at the trade shows and with members here on the phone and via email at the headquarters. You know, is this information listed in the water landing directory? Or I'm looking for more information. It is one of the number one value propositions we can bring to the members is to continually update. And, you know, there's a lot of conversations going on about it doesn't have a moving map display and we want this kind of technology and we want that technology. And it's important for people to know we're working on it. We're working on constantly developing these things. So if you're not finding, I know one of our volunteers goes very adamant. He goes, oh, it doesn't have this. And I was like, oh, this is heartbreaking coming from one of our volunteers. But these things are coming and we are a small organization with a limited amount of resources and we are doing everything we can to continually develop the app. But we need your help. Yes. I mean, it really comes down to that. We can't do it alone. We need your help to do that. So sending an update to the Water Landing Directory app. Number two way you can volunteer, becoming a field director. Yes. So we had two field directors. Two field directors? We had Mike Bailey from Florida, and then we had Steve Williams up in Maine. And Daryl Dilley. And Daryl Dilley from Colorado. Incredibly generous with their time volunteering for us as field directors, as well as at AirVenture, working the booth and the base. So field directors, in case anyone doesn't know, they're a collection of seaplane pilots, instructors, operators, enthusiasts, who they act as our eyes and ears on the ground in specific areas. So they're there to answer questions, address any concerns, public outreach. They're advocating on behalf of seaplane pilots. Yes, and they are, again, part of our more active group of volunteers. There's more communication with them, and they're more actively involved. Our goal is to have up around five field directors per state. Uh, they get together and work as a semi-autonomous group. They'll be, they're divided into regions. They have regular meetings with regional reps uh, and uh, Mark Rassi at the top and myself, and we want to give them the tools to advocate on our behalf We're working on some new guidebooks and some new uh, guidance for the field directors. But there's also a layer beyond that, which is the lake liaisons. And those are people that live on a lake or near a lake that can help us track information, keep their ear to the ground for any complaints, any, you know, any issues that we may have or any updates that we, again, might need for the water landing directory. So a lake liaison is basically saying, I am going to take responsibility to make sure that the information in the water landing directory on this lake that I either live on or near or operate on on a regular basis, I'm going to be like AOPA's ASN member, the airport support network people, volunteers that maintain the information and help maintain relationships on the airports. I'm going to do that for this lake. And that's a a group of our volunteers that I think is underdeveloped that we're going to put a lot more emphasis on going forward because um, it has a lot of potential, especially on the lakes where we visit a lot or operate seaplanes on a lot. Absolutely. So acting as a lake liaison. So number four, way you can volunteer at SPA, volunteer at trade shows and events like AirVenture. So you could be a Greg, you could be a Ben. (laughs) And you, we make appearances in Washington for the Northwest Aviation Conference and Trade Show, Sun and Fun in Florida, Great Alaska Airmen Conference, AirVenture, obviously, in Wisconsin, Greenville, Maine for the International Seaplane Fly-In, and, and others. And many more. So if you contact your local field director, they may be able to give you information on 
seaplane events that they're either hosting or they know of someone that is hosting. And there's probably a way you can get involved. Yes. And we also, we need people in the headquarters working. We need people around the country just working on independent projects. Dave Dave Hast, who uh, recently came here, as we've talked about before, came here from Michigan and spent a week working on an educational display uh, here in Central Florida with us. And it's not done, so he's going to have to come back. But, but he also volunteered at the booth. But he volunteered. He just can't at, get enough. Yeah, he can't get enough of us. So, you know, there's a lot of different ways. We need volunteers for technology. You know, we've got a group of volunteers in Alaska helping us with our Alaska Cabins website that we're currently rebuilding, but we're also maintaining the data for all of these free cabins or, or very virtually free cabins that you can utilize as seaplane pilots in Alaska. And we right now are in the process of rebuilding this website. Well, a lot of that is occurring with the help of volunteers that have made a small core team dedicated to doing that. So there's a lot of ways that you can help. If you have a skill, if you've got a you know passion that you want to direct and, and point at us to help, we can, we can definitely uh, use your help. Absolutely. So if you're interested in getting involved in some way, please reach out to us. Yes. It's SPA at seaplanes.org. It's kind of a harsh S there because it is plural (laughs) seaplanes. So SPA, Sierra Papa Alpha at seaplanes.org. So we'd be happy to answer any questions anyone has, get you information you want, any other, you know, relaying information if you wanted to get in touch with Mark Rassi or whoever. We can get you that information so you can start that volunteer journey with us. There you go. Yeah. So before we close it out, again, I'd like to thank all the volunteers that we had at Air Venture 2021. Really, it was such a long week. I really appreciate you guys. The energy and the enthusiasm, it just, it made the day a lot better because it was a long day of selling t-shirts and memberships and talking to a lot of people. So really just thank you so much, everyone. Running back and forth to uh, workshops and and press uh, appearances, we actually did three podcasts uh, during the week as well Amazing. that we recorded, which was the first time we had taken the podcast on the road. We got to interview the director of flying boats and a couple of other representatives. We had a big announcement from Whip Air, uh, which was nice. So it was nice to bring the podcast on the road. We look to uh, keep that up as well. And the most important thing for me to say as we close out this episode of Water Flying is that this episode is dedicated to our gratitude for our volunteers for all you do. And until the next time we talk to you, blue skies and calm waters. We are so glad you joined us today. If you like today's show, I highly encourage you to join the Seaplane Pilots Association and become a member of the largest seaplane community in the world. Members receive Water Flying, the only full-color glossy magazine dedicated to the seaplane community. And it's available in both printed and digital form. Your membership also includes access to the Water Landing Directory app, which has the Seaplane Flight School directory and a calendar of seaplane events not only here in the United States, but around the world. The association hosts regular educational workshops, safety seminars, and gatherings for seaplane pilots and anyone with a passion for seaplanes. So look us up online at seaplanes.org. Join our community 
and support our mission of protecting and promoting waterflying. 